How's it going, guys? How's everybody doing? What's up, Chad? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, good morning. Good to see you guys. Same. Yeah. Excited for another update. A lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a quick intro and then we'll uh, we'll hop right into it. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm Familiar Cal. This is Pluto from Nine Realms. This is uh, Chad Barrowford from the uh, uh, Core Devs, one of the Core Devs on ThorChain Project. And Chad Thoreau, community member and uh, ThorSwap content. So, uh, Chad, this last weekend, there was a uh, meetup at uh, East Denver conference, right? How, how'd that all go? Uh, it actually went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> because uh, I had gone to East Denver and it hadn't even occurred to me to organize like an event or like a meetup or whatever. And then I got to Denver and I'm just like, oh, yeah, we could do like a, you know, throw together uh, an event there. And so one of the Iridanis who lives in uh, Denver from the Nine Realms team, he's him and I and, and Gavin from non Realms are just like, let's just kind of throw something together. So like within like a half hour, we just like ordered, you know, we got like reserved a, a venue and just kind of whatever. But then it like, it ended up being super successful. Like a lot of people tell me it was like one of the best events of the week. Uh, and that was because there was like free food, free drinks, there's ping pong. There was like plenty of space to like walk around. There wasn't like blaring music where you like couldn't hear like or, or conduct a conversation like most of the other events had. Uh, and I ended up like meeting like a ton of people from the community. And there was even like uh, a couple of people, like one guy flew in from, I think it was Dallas, uh, just for this one event, he flew in from Dallas to Denver, just to come to this event and flying out the next morning. And another guy I met, he flew in from uh, Arizona, I think it was, just to come for this event and to participate in this meetup. So. Uh, we had way more people there than we thought we were going to have. We like reserved it for like a hundred people, and we ended up having like I, I don't even know what the count was, but it was definitely way more than a hundred. And uh, yeah, it was it was just a great opportunity to meet so much of so many people in the community and just shake their hands and and uh, talk to them. That's awesome. Yeah, like wow, over a hundred. That's uh, quite a lot of Thorchads under one under one roof. Um, saw the pictures. Look look super epic. Uh, I'll definitely have to try to make it next time. Yeah, I think maybe we'll, whenever we do these conferences in the future, if, at least if I'm going, uh, we'll try to organize. We'll be better about it and try to organize it more, in the, you know, not last minute. But uh, we'll do more of these in the future. If people end up coming to these things, uh, you'll be able to hang out me at ThorChads and, uh, you know, just talk, talk ThorChain. Yeah, we gave away a uh, ThorForce 1 to someone that's there too. So they're going to be contacted by... Uh, the Nine Realms team about getting that to you. So congrats to whoever that was. And uh, yeah, whenever there's a meetup like that in the future, just, um, you know, well, let, let's organize it and let's, uh, let, let's get some, some stuff out there for the people. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, Pluto is here and uh, Pluto is in charge of the Luna integration on DoorChain. So maybe uh, Pluto, you could provide an update on uh, like Luna integration timeline, you know, stuff that people want to know. Yeah. Um, so there's still been a lot of work going on on the Terra integration um, right up until, you know, until the last day or two. Um, so, you know, there's been a number of, of sort of like design decisions that we decided to revisit in terms of how we um, are doing like transaction success um, checking. Um, there are some questions about gas and the gas events and, and, uh, that we emit to Midgard for the accounting and just for like UIs to be able to, 
um, kind of see. And so there's just, there, there's a lot of actually things that the, uh, the Terra chain, not a lot, but just there, there's a couple of things that the, uh, the Terra chain challenges about some of the assumptions in Thor nodes. So we just are going through and double checking and making sure everything is, um, you know, tip top for the release of that. Um, as some of you guys may have seen, we sent out the infrastructure for Terra this week. So all of the validators are starting to add the Terra daemon to their deployment um, and basically sync from a snapshot. And then, um, you know, the, the, the reason for this um, and the reason for sending this out like um, well in advance is because Terra is far and away the most resource intensive daemon of any of the chains that we support today. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we had a couple weeks to be able to uh, assess any issues with node, node operators not being able to essentially provide a daemon. Um, and for those that weren't able to provide a daemon, um, such as maybe one or two instances of bare metal nodes that aren't really like tooled or equipped to be able to handle um, a 32 gig RAM you know, um, um, process, um, they will basically be encouraged to leave churn out um, and then rebuild and then churn back in when they can support Terra. So it's it's one of these. It's it's definitely you know given us a lot of um, interesting topics of conversation to you know discuss amongst the core team is like how we go about supporting chains um, and 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 you know what some of the requirements are like you know for example Solana is going to be a really tough one and so we've had to look for some workarounds to the fact that like none of the validators would be able to run run it or or, or they just simply wouldn't want to pay the expense of having to have a 128 gig RAM you know instance and in, in, you know it's just it's very expensive so um, we're starting to see where you know like the cost um, and trade off. Um, to node operators um, and operators of the network itself as nine realms, um, it, it, you know, having to support these 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 different um, chains. So it's it's brought a lot of in, up a lot of interesting conversations. It's caused us to have to mature our um, our approach in infrastructure, um, and so that's why we wanted to give ourselves a, a decent amount of time to kind of see how um, the the node operators would react and respond to issues bringing up Terra, but. So far, so good. Um, I don't have an exact count of how many validators have um, have actually installed the Terra daemon, um, but you know there was a couple that, who had issues. Um, mostly, they just didn't have their auto scaling turned on or something. Um, but that's pretty much the easy part. Although it is step one, um, and so you know step one is underway in the Terra integration. And at this point in time, what we're looking at is final reviews from the core team. Um, if you guys go and look at the PR, like it's, it's for me personally, the biggest PR I've ever worked on, um, in my career, it's got, and you know, I, I'm, I'm used to working in a setting where, you, you know, on a team of 12 people, you're lucky if you get two people that, you know, will set aside time to, uh, to, to review the PR. And I've got comments from like eight different people in depth, um, and in very high value comments. Like these are, these are suggestions that, Basically, every single suggestion that was made by each of the reviewers on on this Terra PR, I, I went and updated um, as a as a matter of um, you know just that it's good feedback. You know, like most of the time, it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, this person doesn't understand the this, or they're just asking a question. No, these are like good concrete 
um, suggestions. And so for that, I, I, I thank the core team and all of the other contributors behind the scenes, um, both on the core team and on nine realms, um, you know, it couldn't have done any of this stuff alone. So, so huge shout out to all the developers who have had a, um, um, a play in this as well. Um, son of Odin Heimdall has been extremely valuable, um, Ursa from the nine realm side on the infrastructure and in, even, you know, some of the things around calculating gas. So it's, it's a, it's a tremendous undertaking to do and to build a, a new chain client, especially, um, for like a new, you know, chain type like this. Um, but it's been, um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. We're just kind of, um, rounding up and, and getting those final approvals now on that PR. Um, I expect we are going to merge that PR, um, either today or sometime over the weekend. Um, the, the merge itself is a relatively inconsequential action. It just means that everyone's had eyes on the code and we're going to merge it. Um, but it will, the Terra, the Terra, um, Damon will remain disabled, um, for at least another week, um, until we've had an opportunity for the Terra SCV team to take a look at it. And so the Terra SCV team, um, is, I, I believe they're part of Terraform labs, but someone could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they are a, they are, they're a team that specializes in uh, security and auditing for smart contracts and applications or dApps built on top of Terra. So they're a, they're a service provided by the Terra ecosystem to ensure the security of the Terra ecosystem, much like the ThorSec team um, ensures the security of the ThorChain ecosystem. Um, so it's so they have a backlog. They've, they've got a lot of you know, other uh, integrations and other projects to work with. Um, but they they have actually you know bumped us ahead in the queue and, and given us a bit of priority, um, so they they are going to be able to look at it in in about a week from now. So I estimate that in two weeks we will be ready to disable um, or sorry enable the Terra um, client in Bifrost, and then following that, it, we, after a successful churn, the new Terra Vault will be added, and then we can activate the pools and begin seeding them. Um, so we've communicated with some of our um, downstream partners, um, DeFi Spot, ThorSwap, um, you know, basically just to let them know, like, hey, you know, if this is things going to probably be delayed for another week or two. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with the progress, and I think that a a good estimate for a March date, um, a launch date, would now be March 10th. Um, so just you know, two weeks from yesterday, I think is good. Um, yeah, that's about it for the, uh, the Terra updates. Um, it's yeah, super excited and, you know, progress as always up and, and continuing to, you know, work and, you know, improve this, um, you know, in each iteration. Yeah. Just to add one more thing on top of that to what uh, Pluto was just saying. Um, so yeah, we'll probably merge the code and it's been reviewed by the team and the, the, the core devs, the ThorSec team, nine realms, you know, as he was saying earlier, a lot of different people. So we feel pretty good about it, but we're also not experts in the Terra ecosystem. So we could go ahead and launch Terra, you know, by the end of the month, uh, if we really kind of wanted to, but we kind of are taking more of the conservative approach and, and just getting some outside eyes on this code base before we actually go live with it, uh, which makes sense to me. So it's, uh, to me, that's worth, uh, we were originally saying we we're going to launch Terra by the end of the month. Um, and that's no longer going to be the case. And to me, it's worthwhile to wait the extra week or two just to make sure that we have um, people who are very familiar with the Terra ecosystem just to make sure everything's on the level. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys for the work you're doing. It's uh, really awesome to see it all coming together. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, security is number one. Like we definitely, uh, value that. I know that, um, nine realms had kind of put out a tweet maybe only just a few days ago about wanting to get more eyes from, from the Terra side. So does this S what was it? SCV team, is that kind of got you covered there or is there still any, uh, like ask to the broader community, uh, for help in that regard? Or is that all covered now? Yeah, that, that was, that was an intro made directly as a result of our, our outreach. So, yeah, the, the Terra SCV team is is pretty much you know, they're, they're the experts that we would need to be able to tell us here. Is there anything specific about Terra that would that would, could potentially screw us up? Um, so I think I think we've got it well in hand at this point. Um, but again, if anyone you know on the call wants to go ahead and take a look at that PR right now, you might find something in there that you could exploit. And if you can exploit it, um, I'm willing to pay a two thousand rune bounty. Um, so if you can go on StageNet right now and find some way to extract funds from either the Luna or the UST pool, um, I'll 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 send over two thousand rune to you. Uh, we've already paid out a eleven hundred rune bounty um, last week for someone who was able to uh, to do that, and um, and yeah, there's there you know basically in in a time like this when we're gearing up to um, um, you know, launch a new chain. Um, where there's, it, it, there's open bounties always for this kind of thing. So if, you know, people are encouraged to poke around, try and, you know, do something sketchy and if they can reach out and we will be handsomely rewarded. Maybe it's, uh, it's, it'd be good to just go over briefly, uh, like the process for, uh, like submitting a bounty and just putting that through to you guys. How does that normally work? This is one of those things that's it's a little bit more like out of band from something more um, traditional like the ImmuneFi. Um, ImmuneFi, I think, technically only covers the chains that are active in ChaosNet. So you have to be able to like actively steal funds from like you know the treasury or any of the pools. Um, this is a bit more informal, and it's literally just like I had a user just DM me and be like, "Hey, I just stole some funds," and I was like, "Cool, here's eleven hundred rune." You know, so. It's like it's it's a bit more informal when it comes to the uh, the chain client, you know, in progress. Um, we might like in the future wrap it up into something a bit more formal, but as of right now, like yeah, just like go and tinker and submit transactions like on Terra's mainnet, um, you know, because StageNet is basically just uh, vaults running on the mainnet chain, right? So like anyone should be able to just like you know craft trans like if you can craft the transaction, like you don't need to be able to like build the PR or run it yourself. Like just, you can literally go on StageNet and try to exploit StageNet right now. Um, so, you know, in that sense, like there's not, there, there's not a lot of like custom, like understanding uh, of like Thornode or how to build Thornode or run, you know, um, a mock net that, that would be required to even, you know, undertake um, looking into or, or, um, performing like in a vulnerability analysis on the Terra integration. You can just like try to start spoofing, you know, events, start spoofing um, contract calls um, right now on StageNet. And so I think that that's actually probably one of like the biggest ROI parts of StageNet is that it's a, it's running all of the code in a place that like people can easily, like anyone can acquire a Luna or UST. You don't have to know about the, um, you know, specifics of their test net. You don't have to run like locally a build of the PR. It's, it's, it's running right now and you can go 
and um, and and try to exploit it on on essentially what is the Terra mainnet, um, and that sort of like makes it more accessible because um, anyone with like Luna in their station wallet can just like try to start crafting transactions. Um, so yeah, people are encouraged to do that. Um, you know, I was I was really happy about about another user. Um, I don't I don't know if he wishes to be named, so I just won't name him. But he's super active in the Discord community. And, you know, he was just kind of like, I, I saw the transactions come through when, uh, when he sent them and I was like, oh shit, like that's, that's not good. So it, it, I was actually like tailing the logs and, and, and working on stage at, at that exact time. So it was kind of cool. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Thank you for, you know, taking the time to, to, you know, poke at this and, and to, to help and help make, you know, help to help make ThorChain and, and the Terra integration more secure. So um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know about the amounts It kind of just like, that just seemed like a fair amount. Um, it was like, you know, at the time rumors like $5 or something. So it was like $5,500, um, bounty. So I, I don't know. I mean, like that, I don't know if that, I don't know. I would love to hear from the community whether people think that that amount is enough, um, or like for, you know, like an hours of, of work, you know, like it seems pretty good. So, um, and you know, I think with this kind of thing, it's like, someone finds something it's like cool now we'll up the ante we'll, we'll double it like so let's double it now let's make it 2200 rune um and then you know so i i just i, I kind of like this sort of like informal um way of doing it in in when it's in development um because again it's not like funds are really at risk there's a very like little amount of capital in stage net but um but again it's just something it's like you know, I, I'm 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 pretty confident that like Thorsec would have caught this as well, um, and so it was. This was even like before Thorsec had a chance to look at it. Um, but yeah, it was just like yeah, I saw it, it's on StageNet, and I was able to exploit it. It's like cool, you just earned some rune. By the way, it's the network. The network would have caught this on its own. So even if this got through and it got to mainnet and all this kind of stuff, what would have happened is that the solvency checker would have kicked in. And so before that person was even able to you know, extract value or extract funds from the network, the network would have already been paused itself autonomously. And so that's part of the point of these kind of additional kind of um, blanketed protections you put on the network does. Even if we miss something in the code, because it's a lot of code to go through, um, the network has these kind of these measures built right into its core protocol to help protect it on an autonomous fashion from some, some sort of a bug like the one that uh, this, this person found uh, that, that uh, Pluto was talking about. So it's, you could argue in some sense that this is not even really a bug in a sense because they, you would not have been able to extract funds in any real scenario. You could in this case because the pools are so shallow and, and there's no delay of things and, and there's a whole bunch of reasons. But like, but in mainnet, that wouldn't, wouldn't have actually worked out well. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, 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 I don't think that when they, uh, well, they did, they definitely didn't. When they tried to submit, like the, the faulty transaction created an outbound that shouldn't have been created, but the uh, the amount was like, they just put in some absurdly high amount. Um, and so it didn't actually end up sending any funds because the vault didn't have enough funds to send. Um, so, you know, although it didn't re you know result in any loss of funds, it's it was very clear, like, yes, you would have been able to like exploit this um, maybe for a small amount, but um, you know, just, just, just being able to demonstrate that there was like that flaw in the code is, is worthy of the bounty on its own. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and just kind of out of curiosity, would it be worth uh, like maybe explaining what they did if it was anything unique or interested, interesting, like um, just curious, like how it actually, like, what did they do? 
it's super embarrassing but i i assumed that when you like get the results of a not the results sorry when you get a block um in tendermint that all of the transactions in the block were successful um so i just literally wasn't checking the success code it's embarrassing but that's it's something that's simple and stupid which is why i think it's likely that it would have been caught by dorsec um but yeah, I think like like now that we're doing we're checking both both the block and the block result as well, and so now that that's taken care of, I'm 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 very certain that like there's no way to um to do this as long as we can guarantee that any message send that is in a successful transaction resulted in um, tokens being moved from one address to another, and and that's pretty much the crux of like the the question that we asked to the Terra SCV team. Which is literally like, hey, look, here's our question. Like, if you can get a transaction with a success code of zero and it contains a message send, is there ever any chance that those that those tokens didn't move from one transaction from one wallet to the other? The answer to that question is no. Then the you know then the client's ready to go. Um, if the answer to that question is like yes, you know um, the um, a message you need, you know a message execute contract could create a message send and. Although the transaction has it was successful, the message send didn't actually result because the contract call reverted. Like then that's a completely different story, and that's something that I don't know enough about the Terra Wasm um, implementation to or Cosm Wasm at all because I I'm, I don't think it would you know differ much from uh, the like the basic Cosm Wasm implementation that ships with Cosmos. So. Um, you know, if that's, if that's, but if that was the case, like you could spoof a transact, uh, a message send like that, um, then we might have to go back to the drawing board a bit, um, and actually like start comparing events, um, and logs, um, like you would in like Ethereum. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain, like I'm, I'm relatively certain, not completely certain, of course, that that is the case. So that's why we are taking additional steps to, to follow up with subject matter experts on the, in the Terra ecosystem. Yeah, and, and this code base that Tru's been working on um, will become the basis to for other chain clients and the and other Cosmos and you know chains out there, whether that be you know Gaia or Secret Network or you know anything else for that matter. This becomes that kind of the, that basic foundation that that will inherit that the, all the you know security and and reviews and all these things will just be inherited to those other ones and make it relatively simple to to add uh, more Cosmos chains into the future of the uh, network. Yeah, a great point. You guys are doing the hard work right now and uh, definitely appreciate hearing all the all the extra steps to make sure it's completely bulletproof and then making it that much easier for for the next Cosm, uh, Cosmos chains. So, um, yeah. yeah, like on this topic of uh, like bounties and stuff, maybe we can um, skip to synth uh, war games wrapping up. Um yeah, how 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 did that go? Uh, I think it would go pretty well overall. It definitely had some some struggles in the earlier days for sure. Um, round one had some problems, so we wanted to extend it another week and have uh, you know round do another week of, of rounds. Um, the team I think is currently is reviewing all the disclosures and figuring out if there's anything of of, uh, of value there or not. Uh, which I personally am not part of that process. That's part of the Nine Realms team uh, working on that. I'm not sure if Pluto has any more information than I do. He, he might. Um, but I think overall, it sounds like it went pretty well. Uh, I haven't been informed of any 
serious bugs or issues quite yet personally. So I'm not aware of anything that's been actually discovered yet, but maybe I'm just haven't been told. Yeah, there were a couple um, like minor um, disclosures, mostly like UI bugs. Um, so we would like to get those sorted before we uh, activate the sense. But in terms of the fundamental um, mechanics of sense, uh, everything appears to be, um, you know, good. And so, you know, I'd say that like, you know, if we're not going to get Terra next week, like maybe we could be activating since as early as next week. Um, but we have to, we have to check with some of the downstream, you know, UIs and make sure that they're, that they're going to be ready. But yeah, I think, I, I think since is more or less got the, got the green light at this point and, and Thor games was, um, was instrumental in being able to make that call. Um, as for rolling out the synths, um, so whether that happens before or after Terra, is there plans for exactly how that's uh, like how the synth rollout is going to happen? How like what the caps are on the synths? Because I know that uh, there's going to be a certain amount of the total volume on the net. Like, sorry, not the, the total depth on the network that'll that'll be limited to how many synths can be minted. Uh, is there any uh, plans for like th- those numbers yet? Uh, I don't think like an actual number has been kind of agreed upon. Um, my personal opinion is what I start off just real low at 5%. So, uh, you can't, you know, only 5% of the, um, of the Bitcoin and the Bitcoin pool can be minted into a synthetic Bitcoin, uh, just to keep it real small, keep it real low, um, intentionally and just kind of give it time to bake in, in, uh, with actual real pools of, of volume and size and depth, um, and more money at stake, and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So that if there's a, an issue or problem, you know, we can we can pause uh, not the network so much, but, but pause just since uh, apply some sort of bug or patch of some kind, and then you know carry on. Um, and if we need to, the treasury can support. And if, if any uh, sense are lost or, or or some issue happens, the treasury can can step in and, and help with that. Um, or maybe not, because this is all internally to the chain itself. So technically, there's not much risk for external assets i mean i suppose it's possible but it's just less less likely uh and so we can either just you know remit the sense back artificially to give the person back their sense if there was something wrong or vice versa or or whatever yeah i think five percent is a good number too like that would only be two million dollars in the bitcoin pool um which is the largest pool so even if you know there was an issue like i don't like the actual um and we had to like refund users from the treasury or something the actual exposure and that risk is not that high so i agree with five percent i feel like that's probably what we'll just end up doing yeah that's cool and and i also feel like it's good to kind of like what you just illustrated is you know these things are kind of uh like anticipated for and expected against like if there were minor issues like you know the protocol is very much ready to handle those um if like it's really what you guys are building is completely new and crazy and uh you know there's always some unknowns so um you know yeah if, if if those minor things happen um it's all good to go but huge to hear that it's like that close um that's big news um if it potentially was even before Terra. That's really cool. Uh, also, so on StageNet, um, that was there. There wasn't the really low cap, right? So that was so it was kind of already tested to more or less the extremes, at least in the at least in the StageNet amount of depth, right? Like that, I believe it was already like the thirty three percent or so on StageNet. Yeah, it was 33 percent on StageNet, and what makes StageNet different, in some sense, is that the pools are so ridiculously shallow that, like, basically everybody on it is a whale, right? And everybody has a lot of economic power to manipulate 
this and that and whatever, like, which is kind of the, the situation you want to test. You want to make sure everybody is like, basically has like, you know, as God permissions in some sense, or like, you know, the, the massive amount of capital relative to the pool depths to be able to do all sorts of wacky shit to, to create all sort of wacky scenarios. And we did find like uh, earlier on, like a month or two ago, uh, some edge cases we wanted to, to mathematically work out, um, but like nothing huge. And so we, we've obviously fixed those things and carried on all these things. But when we come to like the real network, you know, it's people won't have as much uh, capital. Even if you are somebody like a whale, like people have been testing it on stage net, uh, you still won't be able to do uh, much damage. Yeah. Like you can, you can move the Luna pool by 20% with, with one Luna on stage net. Like, like, so that, that just allows us to demonstrate what would happen if someone acquired, you know, basically what, what, what if it were economically viable to like, um, steal from the, a mainnet, uh, Luna pool by, you know, moving the price by 20% in one direction. Um, and like, what would the payout for that versus like, what's the payout if you just take one Luna and move the pool and earn a 20,000 room bounty right now on stage that. Um, so it's just like, it's just like, it's easy. It, it, it's easy to demonstrate on stage net by design. Um, and, and the incentive mechanism is there to do so. Um, and we saw, and we had, a, you know, some people, you know, banging around with it, trying to do that on, um, on, on Thor games and, and, you know, they, they, they weren't able to fundamentally alter the accounting of the, you know, the LPs or in any way, or, um, you know, send in more, uh, take out more assets than they sent in. So, um, for that reason, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a good sign, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be activating the sense very soon folks. That's awesome. And yeah, great points on stage net. I've been playing on there more. Um, and yeah, it's kind of just like fun also to see like, Oh, you're swapping $20 and the slippage is like 10% or something, or you're adding to the pool and you're adding like 20% of the entire pool share, uh, like for UST or something, I think was only like really, uh, I think it was like under a thousand. Yeah. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Um, one kind of broader question I have real quick on that, um, uh, kind of even just from my own perspective, but relate not, not really relating to like bounties, but like if you're on stage net and there's just like smaller, like not exploits, but just little glitches, uh, like sometimes I've had weird things and I'm just like, I'm not, I, I can be uncertain what's known as an issue and what's not and like don't necessarily want to like bother devs if it's like already a known issue um it's just like how would you kind of navigate like um just like bringing up little small errors and stuff like that and um was it yeah. you, was it you that tried to you're trying to swap ust and it was taking it yeah was taking that, a while that that was uh that was one that i had it was like the i forget which direction the swap was i think it was the bitcoin out that ended up taking like a couple hours or something and yeah you replied back and it, it ended up going through but yeah just like little things like that and there was another there was one thing i ran into i forget the error message right now but um yeah I, i'm always like kind of on the fence i'm like do i want to try to uh <laughs> take pluto's time and maybe maybe waste his time with something that is already known or is this actually like a problem something like sometimes i can be uncertain about that mm. i try to i try to um like mention when or announce in the stage net channel when there's um ongoing issues like because i am pushing code and like, um, you know, often like, you know, like basically just like testing, um, in stage net. So it's possible that there's, there's, you know, some downtime sometimes and in that particular case. Um, I was running into lag with like the Bifrost scanners due to, a, a 
an in, basically an inefficient way of looking up like transaction results. So um, that's fixed now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I always don't hesitate to just like um, you know message in StageNet um, or just DM me directly. It's cool. always worth it. It's always worth the time to look into those things. As as my track coach used to say when I was in high school, it's better to shed than shiver. <laughs> yeah it's just funny because like as as somebody that's not a dev i'm like oh am i raising something that's just like completely obvious and you guys are already on it or uh did i actually find something it's hard it's hard to know like the severity when you don't actually know like the behind the scenes necessarily (laughs) yeah if you think you got something you know call it up and but if you if you think you got something on mainnet and you think it might be like an exploit where funds could be, you know, at, at you know, at risk. Don't call it out publicly. <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, don't do that. If you think you found an exploit that, you know, where funds could be lost, don't yell it out on Discord. You know, DM, you know, uh, Nine Realms, DM me, D, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, DM somebody, uh, you know, respect, respected in the team, in the in the core, in the core dev team, or, or like Lena, or Son of Odin, or Heimdall, or or Pluto, you know, Iridanus. Gavin, any of these people, uh, just just to be sure, because we don't want them to expose uh, exploits publicly. You know, if you have one, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of referring to like small little glitches or errors, like in StageNet. But yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, if you actually think you found a real issue, um, maybe don't scream it out. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Cool. I'm moving forward here. Uh, I just want to say that at the end, we'll open up for questions. I, like we'll just talk about. Uh, you know, one or two more topics, and then I will let people up for questions. I see there's one request already. So uh, if you want to come up and ask any questions to Chad, Pluto, uh, myself, or, you know, Chad Thoreau, or whatever, uh, just hit that request button, and then, uh, you know, you, you'll be in the queue to, to come up, and we'll, we'll try and get through everybody. Uh, we always try and answer everyone's questions every week. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Chad, um, oh, one thing that um, just happened recently. I mean, this isn't like a, a huge thing, obviously. I just brought your attention to it yesterday, but like there was some updated docs on the ThorChain site. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, make people aware that some of the documents have been updated. Could you just say uh, what's been updated on the, the ThorChain.org site? Uh, yeah. So I think the, the biggest, most important thing is that there's actually a, we created a new site as well called dev.thorchain.org. Um, Org, I think it is, which is basically like a, a, a more simpler, uh, focused documentation for uh, developers. I think that's the, the kind of the, the bigger deal is in my in my mind because this this is the link that you know I will be sharing with you know various uh, dexes and wallets and this kind of stuff that I'm now starting to talk to a bunch of different projects and trying to get them to you know uh, collaborate and interface with Thorchain and allow them to do cross chain swaps and or like you know this kind of stuff and so this becomes like a really helpful tool to get those those um other uh projects to, to kind of collaborate and, and and kind of you know uh integrate faster with the ThorChain uh protocol to you know provide their communities with, with something and also inher- and inherently increase the trade volume on, on ThorChain. that's great yeah I, I just add one thing to that as well and um chad you got to remind me to add you to our air table but um, we're starting to put together like a like a, a business development and like intake um form basically for just doing like like what would be the equivalent of like um customer relation customer relationship management or crm in like any other kind of company but we're we're going to start like building out a database of like all the different projects you know what kind of tvl or volume or daily active users like what key metrics they are 
they're hitting. And then we're going to basically start using that information to start prioritizing outreach for different organizations. And so we're starting to build out a pipeline where, you know, first we're just doing research and trying to figure out, you know, which candidates are the best for um, outreach and for partnerships. And then um, from there, we'll be doing like education. So doing kickoff meetings with the projects, you know, uh, one-on-ones with their devs to be able to introduce them to the ThorChain ecosystem, the documentation, answer any questions they might have, and then schedule weekly check-ins with them to, you know, make sure that the process is moving along. So as um, that is all to say, as 2022 starts to shape up, um, Nine Realms and the core team will be working closely to kind of nail this this pipeline for bringing new ecosystem projects into the fold. Um, You know, once we go live in mainnet, um, basically one of our biggest focuses will be parlaying that momentum into um, onboarding new uh, DEXs, new aggregators and new wallets to be in using ForChain as their, as their, um, as their backend. Um, So, you know, that's, that's, you know, major wallet providers like uh, trust or ledger, to have their you know their swaps powered by Thorchain is a is a major goal for Thorchain as well as all the Dex aggregators like One Inch, Paraswap, um, and all those all those players having them routing their swaps through um, through Thorchain as well. So you know just growing the ecosystem is is going to be a huge focus for us um, this year. In, in addition to adding more chains, um, and so yeah, we've we've already started to do a bunch of um, you know work just like basically creating that database so that we can then prioritize our efforts. Awesome. I, I just pinned the, uh, the new dev.thorchain.org on the top of this space. So if you're interested in checking that out, uh, just click that pin on the top of this space and you can see all of the documentation regarding uh, like it, it just integrations for like wallets, aggregators, and just putting Thorchain like the actual chain in a uh, in a wallet. So uh, like that'll, that, that's really great for, for new devs coming in to have specific documentation about that. And also there's just regular docs on the ThorChain site. There's docs.thorchain.org. And so if you're rusty on your uh, ThorChain knowledge or you just want to uh, look around a little bit and learn a little bit more, uh, docs.thorchain.org is a great resource to you know, see what's what ThorChain is and exactly how it works right from uh, right from the org site. So, hundred percent, yeah. If you're not a dev, uh, I mean, it's great that those resources are there to make it easier to integrate. But for all the non devs, people just looking to understand ThorChain, uh, those docs have really been cleaned up a lot. I'm referring back a lot myself just to strengthen my understanding. And there's like a how it works and really breaking down everything. Um, so yeah, people should check that out. Uh, docs.thorchain.org. Or for the dev one, dev.thorchain.org. Yeah, Chad or Pluto, is there anything else that's pressing that you, you guys want to discuss, or we, uh, we can move on to questions? Uh, I have one more thing to bring up with the uh, the community is uh, so we've been talking about doing a hard fork, which we've never done in Thorchain's history, which is very unique because most Cosmos chains hard fork as their mechanism to upgrade the software, uh, and we designed our software to not require hard forks to upgrade the software by on purpose because that allows us to be able to update asynchronously without needing coordination um, or people to dox themselves and you know get into a, a group together and start chatting about when we're going to halt the chain to be blah 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 and all these things but um, the reason why we're considering doing hard fork now is that uh, Cosmos itself 
um, is uh, bringing the version of Cosmos that we currently run on to end of life pretty soon. That basically means that they're no longer going to, you know, maintain that version or maintain anything with it. Um, so we, we, to the one who's safe, you know, w- with Cosmos and the, in that community and, and make sure we have the latest security patches and all that kind of stuff, we have to do a hard fork. Uh, and that, we have to hard fork that because we can't do that asynchronously. It's something that's happening underneath our application. It's something in, uh, more fundamental. And so we have to do that in the way that Cosmos kind of requires us to do that, which is to do a hard fork. And so all that really means is, and we're going to do this in testnet first and then stagenet second and then mainnet last, obviously. And uh, what that basically means is, is that, that we'll pick a block height some number and then all the nodes will will basically halt to the same exact block height export the chain um state into a basically a big giant json file um, and then import it into a new chain state and with all that stuff and so that you basically purge all the history of Thorchain's history and all the the data that it doesn't get exported into the json file all that stuff gets kind of purged from the history making the chain very small i think it's going to go from like 400 gigabytes down to like one gigabyte or something like this um and then we'll restart the chain all the tss key shares are all the same it doesn't need to be changed at all everything is just all the validator sets are the same everything else is identically the same and we start pumping new blocks uh, starting at the height we left off before uh so that's gonna be something we're gonna be um getting involved with and some part of the part of the requirements is my mind about doing going to mainnet is just doing a successful hard fork and proving that we can actually do it as a community uh which will be doing that uh, probably in march at some point yeah that's 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 awesome i I, mean, I think i think that the hard fork will just allow us to get rid of a bunch of the uh the cruft flatten all the version handlers kind of start anew and be a, a nice um, a nice starting point for mainnet. So, uh, Chad, when this happens, is there going to be any loss of service? Uh, like, will swaps be halted, or is this just like a seamless thing that just you know one block just exports in the next block, it just keeps going? Uh, no, it won't be seamless because the, the network will have to pause temporarily. Um, how long will it be paused for? Probably uh, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, depending upon stuff. I think by the time we get to, to do it on mainnet, uh, we've already done it on two other networks prior and we'll kind of have our, our procedure kind of down pat and it'll be as autonomous as we can make it so that, you know, valid validators haven't done this before. Right. And so it's, it's a new process for them. And it's something that they're going to have to learn and, and figure out how to do. And maybe some of them will have some issues, which they're going to have to use make relay to, to kind of ask the, 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 the devs, like what, how to fix this you know problem possibly so we'll see how it, how it goes but but we'll make it as autonomous and, and, and as straightforward as possible uh so that it requires very little energy or effort uh, to do it cool but it's gonna take probably interrupt the, the networks um for just an hour or two i think yeah that's awesome it's cool how uh just to hear that that's one of like kind of one of the final uh mainnet checklist items as well and just to clean everything up for the fresh start and like to have that longevity of being on the the latest cosmos stuff and all that so right. very cool right cool so i think we're uh, gonna start pulling up some questions uh from yeah the audience i just i also is it okay i i want to address um sort of mainnet and and what the expectations around that were um just from just from like a feature perspective um I know there's been a lot of uh, people on Twitter and in the community saying that like they wanted an updated roadmap um, and you know sort of like a state of Thorchain type of um, you know update. So I think that's something that we're going to start putting together, um, and and you should look out for that. You know, sometime in the next uh, you know week or two. 
um, as we start to lock these all in. Um, but just, uh, we, we discussed it, um, you know, in the past couple of days. And it, I think when, when, from the perspective of like, what features do we want? Um, and, 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 and this, you know, this, this, you know, what, what are we actually trying to ship as developers before we, before we, um, hit mainnet? Um, the list, the list is as follows. So it would be launching Terra, um, killing the soft cap, um, adding bond providers so that, uh, multiple bonders could bond into a, um, into one node, activating the synths, activating Thor names, um, and then the hard fork, um, that we just discussed, um, and then a hundred plus nodes and then a minimum of 30 days of, of, um, of, of stability after, after that hard fork. Um, and once we've reached that, that hundred nodes, um, and then I think from that point, we'd be, we would be ready to declare mainnet. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot still in flight. That's, that's about 10, 10 more sort of, um, you know, definitive, uh, deadlines that we have to meet. Um, but you know, I think we're still, um, we're still going to be pretty, pretty confident and on track here to, uh, to be hitting those all pretty soon. So, um, just wanted to give that update. We'll publish something that kind of lays this stuff out, um, more in detail, um, for the community at large. Yeah. I think we can actually probably do all those features. I think we can launch all that stuff, um, relatively quickly. I think that we'll have it out, you know, in the next 30 to maybe 60 days, have all those features that you just kind of right yeah. off um and then wait another 30 days after, after that just to, to make sure the network is stable and secure and reliable and we don't have any you know problems after mainnet of course we're gonna have problems after mainnet of course every network in the world does but uh we, we just have a feel like it's 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 uh at a tolerable level in a sense yeah so that, pro- that probably puts us at about april um so you can all stop asking when mainnet um but also April's nice. Who doesn't like spring? Crypto spring, right? Maybe maybe the war will be over and uh yeah, we can all go about go about our business and and, and have a nice crypto spring. Yeah. Just before we bring up anyone for questions, uh maybe maybe Chad would just like to expound a bit on uh exactly like what the significance of of Thorchain going to mainnet means. Like what, what does that mean for, for the world? Like what what is that uh like what what are we really working towards here and what what's the goal? Because it's kinda easy to get hung up in the weeds of what's what's coming next, but what exactly like do we have? And uh wh- yeah, what does that mean for everybody? Uh, well, for me, it means, um, I mean, in the end, it's just a label, right? I mean, nothing, I guess it's really a process to get there. It's not like something actually happens that day. Like that day will probably be very, be very uneventful, probably. But um, it's just, to me, it just signifies the idea that, that we started this path of building this, this kind of decentralized network starting in, you know, I think it was July in 2019, building this this code base and launching this thing. And we had this white paper we released to the world that kind of had these very ambitious claims that I, I recall people people telling me that I, you know, don't understand crypto enough. I, this is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scammer. I, you know, I remember... I remember even like Hayden from like uni was just like giving me shit, you know, like, Oh, you don't, you don't understand why your shit's broken. And like, I'm just saying all this crap, you know? Uh, and so it's been a long time, you know, running and obviously it was a difficult project and obviously it was a vicious project. I, I never, you know, it, you know, uh, doubted that aspect to it, but I always felt confident that we were able to deliver on that white paper. And now that we've launched the network, which we did back in April, and we went through, you know, um, effectively close to a year of kind of fine tuning and, and improving some things. We had some bugs. We had some, you know, exploits. 
we had some things that needed to be kind of worked out. We always said from the very, very beginning before we even launched single chain that this network, this DeFi protocol will require more time to, 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 to bake and to, to kind of, you know, uh, to mature than your average, you know, DeFi protocol, because what we're doing here is just incredibly difficult. I mean, putting together a consensus on top of consensus, is just so meta. Uh, it's just kind of makes your head spin in, in a sense. And so it, to me, the main net label just means that we have finally accomplished it, and that you can, and that we've actually delivered on the white paper. And any claims, you know, that we haven't done what we've done, I will seriously argue that person to to them blue in the face that we've actually delivered something of significant value to the greater cryptocurrency uh, ecosystem. And I will feel very, very, very proud of that for sure. Hoorah! That's awesome. It's it, it's the day that you can finally tell all the haters told you so. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, yeah. you watch this thing. It's working. It's, it's stable. It's secure. Like all these things. Um, I, I would be happy to argue that. Anybody wants to argue with me on that, I will take you to take you to town on it for sure. Totally. And, you know, I think, I think for me, like the, the main net label as, as a, as someone who was, uh, it was, was a new, is a newcomer to like the dev team, but has been lurking around since like single chain, um, you know, to me, like mainnet is an important label. And I know, I, I know like, you know, as, as long as you've been, the longer you've been with the project, you know, the more jaded you can become on the label. But to me, like as someone who's still relatively new, there is still a lot of excitement around that label. And, and for, and, and for me, what that means is it means, it means we can actually go and start like really ramping up the, uh, you know, the marketing and sort of like the, the official business of Thorchain, which as nine realms, our, our you know goal is to make Thorchain you know an official business or as legitimate as you know any other you know tier one project um, tier one blockchain. So you know that means going to those the ledgers and the in the trust wallets of the world and saying we are mainnet now and we're ready for you and we want you guys to integrate because we are stable and you know we can explain to you all the things that Chad just explained that we had to do to get here. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's a tremendously, uh, momentous event, not, not necessarily in terms of, you know, um, what actually happened that day, but what can happen, um, after that day. Yeah. To be fair, like we actually, I remember Ledger actually did tell us when we were talking about integrating with Fortune, they were like, well, you guys are beta right now. And so, you know, we don't want to get involved with the beta, blah, blah, blah. Like that was, that was part, one of the reasons why we struggled to kind of on-ramp uh, that wallet into Thorchain. But as Pluto was just saying, you know, once Minna is kind of has a label, um, that, that kind of changes the conversation, changes the calculus. Yeah. Yeah, great point. We're kind of used to understanding the label is just a label, but from the outer perspective, it, it does mean a lot. So that'll be huge. The, the label is just a label, but Thorchain is still a critical crypto infrastructure. There's no other network that has decentralized native Bitcoin swaps. And you can't discount that or or write that off or just you know say it's, you know, it's only a beta network or anything like that uh you know this is real real builders that are getting stuff done and building something for for everybody it's not it's not just a, a chain that's building something for themselves it's building something that's a, a a public use uh chain and it's something that contributes greatly to the entire like crypto economy in my opinion so yeah we're letting people up for questions now unless you guys have something else you want to say uh, we have Hope up here who's been waiting for a while. All right, uh, Sopsock, hello. Good morning. Hey, good morning or good afternoon or evening. <laughs> um, can you hear me, by the way? Yep. 
Yeah, okay, good, good. Um, thanks for the update, guys, and uh, glad to hear that ETH uh, Denver was a success. Um, really, really wanted to represent Europe, but the 10-hour uh, flight, 10-hour plus flight was just a bit too much for me. So the next time you uh, visit, visit Europe, I want to plan a meetup in Europe. I'm game. Uh, can't wait. Um, just a quick question. Um, Pluto already already mentioned something about a checklist or um, about uh, mainnet, but during the Doge integration, uh, there was also a checklist, like six or seven points, um, which we could follow the actual status on the integration. Are there plans to do the same thing for the Terra integration? Uh yeah we yeah we'll do that um it'll it'll just I'll publish that um on Monday yes we'll do that that's a good idea okay cool was a great thing to uh, follow for the Doge uh, thing specifically so would be nice to have it for Terra as well or maybe in the future for all chain integrations by the way yeah for sure we'll do it okay thanks guys thanks man Green Floyd welcome back hey hi guys. So I have a curious question regarding Nine Realms. So uh, can you guys tell me some background about Nine Realms? I mean, do you guys were really uh, working somewhere else or like a group of people who were uh, like some friends or something? Because like a set of people who are interested in Thorchain and developing it. And uh, so I, I'm just interested, is that the Nine Realms organization were already there and they then decided to... Uh, come into Thorchain or then uh, what's the inception is around I don't want to like dox anyone's uh, personality so if you are okay with it so yeah if you can um, that, I think the question was um, how did Nine Realms kind of come into the picture um, sure. yeah yeah so um, yeah a couple of our co-founders um, are, are, are early Thorchain you know enthusiasts like they read the white paper and were like hell yeah this sounds awesome um, so, um, at least one of them invested in the seed, um, and another, you know, basically all of us, uh, were involved, were at least fans of Thorchain, um, since the very beginning. Like we, like we, we, we sit, we saw Thorchain and what it's doing and we're like, yes, this is awesome. And it wasn't until Thorchain really launched uh, multi-chain and, and demonstrated to the world that, you know, that, that it was serious and that it was able to um, achieve all the things that it said it could, that, that most of us were basically ready to, you know, pack up on, on our day jobs and start working on this thing full time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically how, how Thorchain came to be. It's a bunch of people who, um, sorry, how nine realms came to be. It's a bunch of, bunch of people who were um, Thorchain fans and then just decided to work on it full time one day. Sounds great, actually. And uh, yeah, so uh, extension of that question. So uh, as, a, as a developer who is uh, developing something which is a web development or a backend engineering, not necessarily something which is cryptographic related, how much do you think is an effort to uh, just make a PR in something with related uh, to Thorchain? Because I have seen there is a code in Go also in Thorchain, uh, Thornode. So uh, I'm talking about a developer which is uh, which has background uh, for Java, C Sharp, C++, all those languages, but no idea about C uh, cryptography. So how would you describe that journey from there to as a developer in mainstream uh, programming to this programming? 
Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, like, I, I, um, I started out my career in, in, you know, working at a, at a, at a, at a foreign, you know, foreign exchange in a major, um, at a major bank. Right. So it's like, I, I, I started out my career doing Java and, you know, learned Golang as a result of, you know, working at a, at a startup, which is, you know, where you're more likely to use like sort of these newer technologies. So, um, I would, I would just recommend if you, you know, because the project is written in Golang and so like really just Golang is, is absolutely necessary to be able to, to contribute. Um, you know, that, that, that is to say just from like the backend and, and the core protocol, you know, there's tons of opportunities in, in all of like the front ends and, and, you know, for design, for JavaScript, um, or, you know, HTML, all that stuff. But in terms of the, the core protocol, like, you know, you know, the, the, the Golang is, is absolutely necessary. So, um, you know, one of the best ways to learn Golang is just to like read Golang standard library. Um, you know, it's got all, all, all the best patterns of Golang are, are used in their standard libraries. Um, so just like, you know, learn up about Golang and then, um, from, from a perspective of actually like contributing on ThorChain itself, um, it's, it's pretty easy. Like there's, there's a lot of, um, open issues. Um, I'm actually like me and me and chatter about to publish a new issue for, um, like refactoring the solvency checker, for example, where we can offer like a relatively or an extremely well specced out kind of like, um, idea of what we're looking for and exactly what needs to change in what places. And it's really just a matter of like going through and coding it. Um, but like, you know, if, if you're just starting out and learning Golang and that you want to just like start, um, you know, uh, messing around with Thornode, like try to get the, um, try to get like the mock net running or at the very least try to run the unit tests. Once you can run the unit tests, then like build Thornode and then run the mock tests against the, you know, the build. Um, and so, you know, we're, this is one place that we're actively trying to improve, um, is, is in the developer tooling and making it easier for developers to onboard. So likewise, if you, if you are working through any of these things, um, just trying to get, you know, it running and, 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 um, on like Docker compose or, or the Mocknet or any of those things, um, and you run into any issues, um, feel free to reach out because we are, we are very, we are very invested in, in ensuring that developers have, um, the best possible experience um, onboarding with ThorChain. Oh, sounds very doable. I will do that. Uh, the inertia for me was I thought uh, I had to learn Solidity, but uh, if it's just Golang and I can play around with it, uh, it's very doable. So, yeah, sounds good. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, no Solidity experience required to make an impact on ThorChain, and uh, and not and you don't even need to know cryptography. Like it's it's most of the cryptography takes place at Tenderman and Cosmos level. Like 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 you know, I'll tell you from experience. Like I was daunted to start working at Nine Realms full time because everyone is like, well, I'm not like a protocol engineer. I don't know anything about writing like blockchain protocols and stuff. Cause it sounds really daunting. Um, but like at the end of the day, like it's, it's just a Golang application and all the hand it's just moving, you know, it's just moving numbers around a, a distributed database. And that's something that I think that we're all familiar with as developers. So, um, you know, just believe that you can actually do it. And I think that, um, you know, you'll, you'll come to realize soon enough that it's, it's not as uh, scary as it looks. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. That's all I have. Oh, we've got um, uh, Soundwave. Yeah. Soundwave, you there? Oh. Hey, can you hear me? 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the mic was off there. Hey guys, thanks for all this. You're doing great. I I appreciate all the uh, uh, all the stuff here. And, and uh, real quick, you said the magic word Ledger. Um, what is your future uh, thoughts about uh, partnering with Ledger? How's that going to work? Well, so it's it's a few things. Um, for starters, uh, the first thing the first thing we wanted to get done with the Ledger was building a Thorchain um, app on the Ledger, so you could pull the room on your ledger and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff and provide liquidity, you know, and all that kind of, those kind of things that's already done. You can only do that. You can only do that today, which is great. Um, and there's some, there's a few small bugs we worked out and, and the, the, the dev cycle to, to actually update it in the ledger app is, is a difficult process which we've been working on for a while, but we can continue to work on that. But the next part about it is trying to integrate Thorchain into the ledger live UI that you that you're probably already familiar with. You probably use it all the time, more right. or less. Uh, so there's two things we would love to accomplish in that system. Um, one is allowing you to swap, uh, you know, from asset A to you know asset B using Thorchain. But the whole UI, like you don't need to use Thor Swap anymore. Technically speaking, you can just do it all within Ledger Live and including adding liquidity with withdrawing liquidity. As you can probably guess, like Ledger is obviously the, the probably the biggest wallet in the world in terms of the amount of capital that's being stored inside of Ledger. And so if we get that integration, um, which we'll be you know working hard to do, uh, that'll be massive in terms of the amount of trades and, vo- and trade volumes and add, uh, amount of liquidity that will be added to the network will just be um, pretty spectacular. So we're trying to get there uh, as, as, as best we can. Wow. Well, best of luck, guys. I'm not I'm not tech. I'm certainly not a dev, but I'm all about uh, decentralized and DeFi, and and I'm I'm super excited about what you guys are trying to do, and, and especially with with Luna coming on board. I'm excited for that project too. And I'm still trying to get my head around it, and I, I think it's all my head's going to explode when you guys finally get together. <laughs> and, and, and you said March 10th. You were hoping for that integration. Yeah. All right, that's my yeah. birthday, so let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> Happy birthday. So, thanks, man. So as as like a, a non-tech, non-dev guy, how, how do I um, how do I help the Thor chain? Do I run a node? Uh, what's you know what's what's a, a normal person's best way to, to, to participate? Well, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Um, one way is if you want to run a node, you can. If you have if you have the room to support it, uh, that's great, and we can also help you to get educated and informed like how to do that. Uh, you can always provide liquidity to the network itself and you produce some yield on your own. That's a way of, one way of helping out uh, the project and the community as a whole. Other one was just like tweeting out, doing some like reach out, this kind of things. There are a lot of people in the community, like Chad Thoreau, like Familiar Cow, uh, you know, it's that's here that's figured out other ways of like helping the community by educating and forming, you know, this kind of thing. Familiar Cow does NFTs, there's Rune Base. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your skill set is or what you're, what you're kind of good at in a sense, but there's probably a, a, a way to utilize that skill set to, to help further the, the project and the protocol. So, and if you, you want to talk to me later, later on or whatever, you can tweet at me, uh, DM me or whatever and say, Hey, this is what I'm really good at. How can I help the Thorchain community? And, and I'll, you know, see if I can think of a way to, to, to put you to good use. And, and if you're doing something really valuable to the, to the community, I think we'll probably, you know, throw you some, some room from the treasury. So you can oh. get uh, all that kind of stuff. So if anybody's got some good skill set, they want to, you know, throw at the community, then let us know. We'll be happy to fund you if it, if it, if it actually does provide value. Super. So, so yeah, with, just... Luna, with Luna coming on board, do I want to be stacking Rune or stacking Luna or both? Both. Yeah, stack both <laughs> and then throw them into the Luna pool on day one 
and just watch that shit grow. Like it's going to, like, you know, 20, 30%. I mean, if you look at BUSD, which is the most popular stable coin, not because it's the best stable coin, like, you know, it's not accepted by, you know, well, for me, at least as, you know, an, an, an American, like I need to use either USDC or something else if I want to like, you know, send that to Coinbase or whatever to, to, to cash it out. So like, I, I'm, I'm personally not going to use um, um, USDC though. Like if I'm just trading in and out of positions because of like the high fees on, on, on the Ethereum chain, right? So the BUSD pool um, uses Binance chain, uh, which has instant finality and low fees. So it's very quick to like swap in and out. And so with the, you know, with bringing uh, Bitcoin synths on, I can be like swapping a Bitcoin synth in and out of a BUSD position or any other synth for that matter, but uh, with instant finality and, and very low fees. So that's, that's what makes like the BUSD pool um, have like the highest volume of any pool on ThorChain today. But I think very quickly the UST pool will eclipse um, the, the BUSD pool in both volume and in, um, in, uh, in liquidity depth. Um, and so when there's a lot of volume, there's a lot of possibilities for fees and higher fees is higher APYs. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that like if you're long both Luna or sorry, you're long both um, US, you know, the Terra ecosystem um, and um, and Rune that your best bet is going to be to just uh, put that, you know, symmetrically pool that liquidity um, in the Luna and the UST pools on day one um, on your birthday. And, um, and then, and then thank yourself with those returns, you know, every birthday, you know, that you have the year after. <laughs> That's the plan. Well, thank you guys. And thanks for confirming that. So, uh, what, well, one last question. So, so, uh, Thor chads are, are, are guy fans of Thor chain. I'm trying to get my wife involved in Thor too. What are Thor women? Uh, Thor Charlene's? What do you <laughs> That's a good question. I actually have no idea what it is. Did maybe Chad's road probably knows. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we can all be Chad's. Uh, Chadettes. Um, Chadettes. I thought. I thought of one once. I thought like if if somebody maybe if they have brown hair, they could be a brunette. <laughs> I thought of like with a rune. <laughs> maybe not the best, but there, there's something there. Uh, brunette, I like space. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think brunette. Brunette is good. Yeah, brunette. Brunette. You got brunette, it. brunette. I like that. Well, che- like cheers, that. guys. Thanks so much. Best of luck. Uh, the other thing I, I want to say, um, I you know you know. Um, the other thing I just wanted to say is that me and Chad Thoreau, uh, we're just community members. Like we're not on the core team. We're not developers. Like we just started uh, doing spaces. I made a, a Thorchain sneaker NFT project and then I just started doing spaces. Chad did the same. He just started doing spaces. And now uh, we're here and we host, uh, you know, the weekly developer update. Like there, there's so many ways that actually anyone here that's in the audience could uh, get involved and just, just, just do something and then have, People will come and people will do stuff because people want to be involved and be part of the community and, uh, you know, to create something because we're, we're building something here that uh, that we want to last and we want to really make an impact on the world by, by doing this. So, I mean, that's why that's why I do it. And, you know, we, we just we just found ourselves here like any, anyone could do it. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would just add, sorry, I'll just add also, because we, sorry, maybe a little lag, I felt like I was talking over you, but um, yeah, me and Cal like both went through this, right? Like we were just community members, we're like, how do we help? 
Um, and we're not devs, but there's so like, I've kind of, we've kind of gone through this realization. Like there's like these, these projects really need everything, you know, like if you can talk, if you can write, if you can condense ideas, if you can make videos, if you can, uh, you know, run a discord, if you can do graphic design, like who knows what it is. Like, I'm sure you have skill sets that these projects need. Um, and yeah, I would, the only other like part I would add would be like, even beyond just the core protocol, there's, there's all these ecosystem projects too. And all those ecosystem projects need everything. So, you know, if, if you like these projects are in such a need of it, that if you just roll up and you're like, I can do this, um, I'm pretty sure they'll, it's, it's quite easy to get into the door, I, I would say. So, you know, if people right now are like working jobs and thinking about Thorchain all day, like, you know, think about how your skills could, could translate and, um, it's, they're definitely going to be in demand. So. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks again, guys. It's so great to have somebody like you to actually answer questions for people like, like me who are not tech, not devs. Um, uh, you know, it's, I really appreciate the, the, this opportunity. So thank you. Yeah. And if you're, if you're new to the ecosystem, make sure you're checking out, uh, LP university is the best place to look for like information on being a liquidity provider and make sure you always, you know, do, like do your research and, uh, you know, t- talk to other people in the community before, uh, you know, taking any actions or, or anything like that. There, there's so many resources here and it's all just made by community members. So thanks man for coming up. Uh, there's a question from discord, uh, that was just asked for, um, for Chad and Pluto. Um, someone was wondering what chains are being eyed next after Terra. Is there um, a concrete plan on which chains are going to be added after Terra? Yeah. So the the next one, and Pluto, uh, you're probably a better person to answer the question. So I'll let you go first. Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like as, as you mentioned, Chad, the, um, the 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 work we're doing right now on the Terra client is is generic for any Cosmos chain. So really like any any Cosmos chain that we want to add um, can be done very quickly after we launch Terra. Um, so that includes Cosmos Hub, which via, um, uh, you know, via IBC will give access to like the entire Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so that that's really cool. Um, we'll probably do Adam next. And then probably after that um, will be Avalanche. Um, again, just another chain that's probably not going to have that much um, you know, R&D overhead because it's an EVM-based chain and we already have the Ethereum client. Um, so that's, that, that, that'll be another candidate. Um, following that, um, or, or before that, I don't really know, but um, at some point very soon, we're going to be seeing the Haven um, protocol integrating with Bifrost. Um, so they've already, you know, demonstrated that they have uh, support for that in Machnet. And so we're, we're very rapidly approaching um, the point of being able to to onboard them into StageNet and start testing there, um, but there are some um, there are there are some things that have to happen um, on Thornode before that, um, and so I think those are the big three after Terra. Um, yeah, like again, like once we hit like ten chains, um, you know, it's 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 we have to really start thinking about like the scalability of the infrastructure. Um, if we do want to reach true decentralization, uh, we need to find a way to get off of, you know, the big three or four cloud providers that are, you know, the lion's share of nodes on ThorChain today. So we do have to start thinking about like how, you know, adding more chains is just going to add more like hardware that you'd have to run, you know, and can, do we want people to have to, you know, build an entire like rack mounted server, in, in, you know, in their closet to run a Thor node at home? Probably not. So 
there's going to be a lot of trade-offs when we decide what those um, what those next chains are after those next uh, three or four that I mentioned. Um, but you know, I think I think what we can all agree on is that we want to go after the ones that um, have the highest uh, potential for for generating revenue for ThorChain, and so that means a combination of you know both DeFi you know nativity. So it's like, are they aware? Are they prepared? Um, to actually participate in this, you know, cross-chain revolution or, you know, are they going to come kicking and screaming? So that's kind of like one of the, you know, one of the big um, determining factors is how much volume can they generate, you know, and, and, um, and what's the, you know, infrastructure complexity. So I think, I think like after we get um, the next few, um, I think we should chill out for a bit on it and, and just kind of like assess the, the playing field and, really make, you know, like decisions based on data and rather than just like, we need to add more chains um, because, you know, like it's, it's, it's a good thing or it's a positive indicator for the project. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there, I think it becomes a bit more scientific going into 2023 and beyond. Awesome. Thanks Pluto. Uh, next up, uh, Dan Smith, welcome back. Hey everyone, uh, great to talk to you all again and happy Friday. Uh, I just had a quick question around the incentive pendulum. So, you know, I know that the incentive pendulum is used to allocate distributions of rewards to both node operators and LPs, but I just had a question regarding, you know, like what exactly is packed into that reward? Is that solely the block reward or is there also a component of that reward that is also uh, accounted for through the system income generated through fees? Yeah, so it's considered to be the system income. So even the swap fees that, uh, like the Bitcoin swap fees that the Bitcoin pool gets, that's that's up for grabs in the, in the sense of being reallocated to the nodes. And so the Cinefedum was always taking the complete system income and block rewards and uh, swap fees to, do, to redistribute the value uh, to base, base upon where it needs to be distributed. Okay, so it's the rewards in total. So the swap fees and the block rewards considered Correct. as one value. Okay, that's that's good to know. Um, yep. that, that's awesome. And then so this the fees for a transaction is kind of broken down into three different pieces, right? So the my understanding is the network fee, the the gas fee component, as well as the slip based fee. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that correct? First of all. Yep, it's correct. Uh, the slip fee or, or swap fee is relative to the size of the trade and the depth of the pool. Um, and then the uh, network fee is a, a, a flat 0.02 room right now, which can be changed by Amir if the nodes want to change that, which that goes into the reserve, top up the reserve a little bit. And then the gas fee is just trying to um, extract some value from your outbound transaction to pay for the gas that the network's going to have to pay for to send you that Bitcoin or send you that Ethereum or whatever asset that is. Right. So, and that's currently, I believe, is set at three times the, the gas fee stored on chain. And so that would, one third would pay for the transaction. And then the other, of the other two thirds, that would flow into this pool of system rewards, right? Uh, so the, the one thing that flows into the system rewards is the swap fee itself. The other two uh, do not participate in the, in the system income. Okay, so the slip base fee then would also be pulled in, uh, would, buy, would like essentially stay in the liquidity pool, right? Because if you're doing a Bitcoin to Rune swap per se, then if you did a massive swap, then that would just decrease the amount of, uh, like, let's say you've, I don't know, swapped 100 Bitcoin through the pool, that would decrease yes. the amount of Rune you get in return. 
Yes, the, if it's a massive, you know, hundred Bitcoin swap, you'd probably pay a lot of fee, a lot of fees, and you would leave all that fee would be collected as part of the system income, and then be redistributed to the nodes versus the pools, depending upon you know the the ratio of these independent. Perfect, awesome. I really appreciate you uh, kind of sorting that out for me, Chad. No, no worries. Here every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm always listening. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Nervin, what's up, man? Hey there. Um, my question is more to uh, Pluto from Nine Rooms. Pluto, one of your uh, one of the Nine Rooms. I uh, think uh, Pluto just. Drew, oh wait, sorry. Okay, never. So you can keep asking me. He's still here. I'm done. Yeah. Back up though. Yeah. Uh, and the one of, one of the Nine Rooms' goals is to uh, bring institutional liquidity to Thorchain. I was just uh, wondering whether Pluto could comment on and how that's going. Uh, what are the conversations been like so far? What are the frictions he sees? Um, stuff like that. Sorry, I missed the question. I accidentally got dropped. Can you just say it again, real quick? Sure. Uh, I was going to say one of your uh, one of the nine realms goals is to uh, bring institutional liquidity to Thorchain, right? So I was just wondering if you could comment on how those conversations are are going so far, and you know what are some of the frictions you see, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really comment on specific, um, you know, specific people that we're talking to, but I can say that, um, the conversations that we have been having are extremely, have been extremely fruitful so far. Um, you know, we've got people, uh, you know, and so it's like, I mean, one of the things that people, a lot of big institutions are seeing is like, you know, how, how things with, you know, the actual rune price starts to, you know, starts to pan out because, a lot of people don't want to take the the rune exposure. You know, you we, we've talked to plenty of Bitcoin maxis who are like you know, sitting on tens of millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, and they're just like, "Yeah, this this sounds great, but I'd like literally just want to be able to provide you know asymmetric liquidity or just earn you know earn on just my Bitcoin." Um, so that's something that's going to take a little bit longer for us to like figure out if we can support that at the protocol level using um, Thor savings or synths or anything like that, Thor USD. Um, so like those conversations are kind of like on the back burner, but, um, the conversations that we've been having with people that like, do believe, you know, through our education, you know, we, we, we've spoken to some of these people and they've like sort of converted into, you know, rune believers. And they're like, Oh, I didn't really know about this, but you know, it's something that sounds like it's worth being long on. So yeah, I will take, um, you know, a chunk of my ETH or whatever and, um, you know, either acquire rune on the open market or nine realms can like take the, the rune side of the, uh, the LP position and sort of like do a, a revenue share on the, on the APY. So, um, yeah, there's just like, there, there's a lot of ways that, um, you know, we've been, we've been talking about it. Um, obviously, you know, this, you know, one of the things that we do also is kind of run nodes. So if you are, um, if you are long rune as well, like, and, and you're just sitting on a, a chunk of it, it also makes sense to, uh, you know, pool it with us and with one of our validators and you can earn on that as well. Um, but yeah, like, I think, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say exactly how much, but um, it's possible we're going to get a really, really big ETH slug um, pretty soon for liquidity on Thorchain. Um, so yeah, we are talking to a lot of different people, but um, it's an education process and, and we have to, uh, we have to educate people on like what Thorchain is and what the, uh, what sort of like the, you know, the, the limitations of the system are and, and what impermanent loss is and um, how it can be mitigated. Um, and as, and as we've been, you know, kind of helping people with that sort of 
journey. Um, you know, we've had, we've had people sign up and, and, you know, just put in large slugs of liquidity. So, um, another, another, you know, thing that we're also doing is working on lining up the, uh, the, the day one capital from, um, for the Terra pools as well. So I can, I can tell you, there's going to be a lot of capital being, um, funneled through nine realms into the Luna pools, um, from, from, from the very beginning. Um, but again, I can't really talk about from who, um, or what the timing on that will be, um, just because that's that's uh, confidential. But um, yeah, the, 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 it's a it's it's a it's a growing and maturing part of our business. But the uh, the core part of our business is still um, running nodes and you know um, helping to assist on operations and development of the network itself. Thank you so much. Hey, we have time for these last two speakers to come up. Uh, first up, uh, Miguel, welcome. Hey guys, what's up? I've been a long, uh, I've been a long pool on on Torchain, and uh, for for two years, my friends uh, introduced me to this project, and I was quite mind blown. But in the beginning, I, it was hard for me to understand. Uh, lately, I've been talking with a lot of friends about this project. Uh, a lot of people has shown more interest in in the crypto space, and what I feel is whenever they go to the website or whenever they go to the communities, uh, they always feel lost and. Kind kind of don't don't see the the mission of of torchain well uh well established i feel it's it's a little complex for early uh, uh for for newbies to kind of get what what torchain is trying to do and uh, do you do you guys have any feedback on this or is just my my friends or is it like something more more general that you are trying to work on in terms of education or UX or restructuring the website, for example. Yeah, I think like Grassroots Crypto, which is a, a YouTube channel, uh, I think he does a really good job to kind of like lay things out and make it easier for people to understand conceptually what's happening. Um, it is a very difficult project for sure. Like it's it's very complicated in many respects. And, and wait until the Thorpi stuff drops. Uh, that's going to be dropping in the next couple weeks, I think. And that's going to be even, you know, more com complex for people to understand, but um, it's complex because it has to be, because it's solving a very difficult and complicated problem. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's something that's, that I think is up to the community to, to try to solve. I think graduates are doing it. I think even uh, Chad Thoreau, I think you're working on some documentation and such to help people understand some of these concepts as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, totally. This is this is something I'm I'm trying to think about, and and I agree with you, Miguel. Like, I do think that this is one of like the major problems to solve, at least not on the technical side, but just on the public side. Um, you know, it's like because it's decentralized, it's very fragmented. You know, like there's the there's the dot org, there's the dot com, there's there's all these different sites that are kind of independently run. Um, so we do kind of have this problem of like a lack of cohesiveness and just like very simplicity to, to onboard somebody that's new. Um, but you know, it's something like Chad said, you know, it's kind of up to the community. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have thoughts too, definitely, definitely throw them out there or just, or just even get started on them or, or do what you can. Um, that's kind of, yeah, like, like Chad mentioned, I'm doing that. I'm trying to do this a bit with, uh, with ThorSwap. So I joined ThorSwap, um, to help with content. So we're doing like tutorials and things like that, at least on my end, I'm doing like, uh, video tutorials, walkthroughs, just trying to simplify like the how to, um, yeah, Chad mentioned grassroots crypto. Uh, he's extremely good. That's, I would say more so towards like deeper technical understanding. Um, 
And yeah, I'll probably get to some similar stuff like that, maybe myself if I can. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a goal of mine personally is to try to figure out like, how do we simplify these really complex things into just like bite sized messages that anyone can understand. Um, but yeah, I do think it's up to the community. The other thing I would add is, you know, the, um, really like the thing that makes us all, at least myself, like so bullish on rune is kind of this, uh, idea of Thorchain being the invisible backend, um, which that could be message that could be the messaging on these websites as well. Um, but you know, the, the average user doesn't necessarily need to know anything about Thorchain or Rune. Um, but if it ends up being, you know, integrated into Ledger Live or, or Trust Wallet or, you know, all these various apps that people are already familiar with, uh, and it's using Thorchain on the back end, then Rune and Thorchain all benefits, like regardless of if the, you know, the normie user even really knows what's going on. Uh, so I think that's an angle that's really important. But Agreed. Yeah. As far as like onboarding people to use it and to, you know, understand the rune token. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, simplifying to do. So something, something a lot of us are thinking about. Okay. Thanks. Because I feel that when I go to the website, I'm not sure if it's, uh, trying to find, uh, which website, I feel that for example, I'm not sure if it's, um, made out for normies or if it's like for institutional or kind of protocol uh, or more technical people because whenever i i check it i see multiple sections i see a lot of info and i feel that for if you if it, it's a little bit uh fragmented as you mentioned i feel that's that you're trying to appeal to everyone and i, I would feel i would see it better if you guys have kind of a ui that um kind of approaches normies uh, if your focus is normies or either focus on the technical people and then make it like separate sections of the website that that's what i feel and my friends tell me that they cannot understand the project and i i see that it's it's such a good project and people should be investing and most of the people are are can't contribute with at least the minimum uh, right now to ruin so I just pinned a, a tweet on top here, uh, a link to Eric Borges. You wrote an article way back when, when he first uh, introduced Shapeshift to Thorchain uh, on the back end. Uh, and Eric does a really great job in this article. I actually would recommend people read it if you haven't already read it. If you got friends who don't know what Thorchain is and they want to understand they're non-technical people like what you're describing, uh, Miguel, uh, read this article. It's, it's a very um, high-level uh, you know, thing to read, and it's not too technical, and, but it, and it ex kind of explains in very good detail like why something like Thorchain is absolutely needed uh, in the cryptocurrency like industry as a whole. And it kind of shows you what the value, what the problem is that it's solving without getting too complicated with continuous liquidity pools and slip-based models and in like threshold signatures and bubble, like all these crazy things that are very difficult and complex to understand. Um, so read that. So send that around. Read it yourself if you're interested. Okay, thanks guys. Um and thanks Chad. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for the next fix for when Luna is coming. I'm quite excited for that and great work so far, guys. I'm really, really keen to to see Torchain in the back end of everything. Thanks, man. Our wizard, welcome to the stage. Hey guys, uh big fan of Thorchain. Um I had two questions. Uh the first is so as I understand it, the Cosmos ecosystem can support somewhere around like 100 and change nodes and validators. Um, 
now that Thorchain's kind of pushing up against that limit, are there any plans to scale it further? Or would you consider, say, be, becoming a subnet on Avalanche to kind of leverage there? Um, as I understand it, as you add nodes there, it doesn't uh, affect the throughput. Uh, maybe could you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So the actual living on Cosmos, according to Cosmos, is 250 nodes. That's a kind of a soft number. Um, it depends on some things. I mean, if you elongate the block time, you can probably go beyond that, uh, probably. Um, and that's because the number of lines of communication required to communicate between 250 individuals, or rather, two-thirds majority of those 250 individuals uh, becomes quadratically uh, more complex. So we'll be hitting 100 nodes probably in the next 30 days or so. We're at 83 now, I think, or something like this. Um, and we can go beyond that. We can go to 120. We could even go to possibly even 200. But um, I think for right now, the intention is to go to 100 and then look at, can they stop, take a pause? Can I get a sense of the, you know, the block game slowing or not? Are the problems being, you know, is there more nodes that want to turn in and kind of figure out what makes sense? And then we might increase it to 120. And the reason why I say the number 120 is because each Asgard has 40 members in it at maximum. And so by having 120, you would have um, three Asgards in total across the whole network that had a kind of maximum security of having 40, 40 nodes per Asgard. And so if you want to go beyond that, we'd probably just add another another 40. So it'd go from 120 to, to you know, 160 and so forth and so on. Um, but I, I think like once we get to a certain place of having, you know, so many nodes, uh, from a security perspective, from a decentralization perspective, I think we've done pretty pretty good. We're not trying to get to be, you know, 30,000 nodes like some other nodes are trying to, trying to do. Um, we're just going to try to get to a point where we have as many people participating and adding bond as possible. And once we actually add the light nodes, vault nodes, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, I'm no longer adding validator nodes in the network. You're adding vault nodes, which are not participating in consensus, but they're participating in security and secure the assets on the network, all the Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and Luna and so forth. So I think we're going to get to about 100 in the next month, and we'll probably extend to 120 and then take another kind of like temperature read and then decide as a community whether or not we want to go beyond that. Okay, cool. Yeah, that'd be, that would be cool, um, especially since I don't have enough rune right now to be a node, but I would would like to contribute in that sense. And I think like, you know, having more would be beneficial. Um, I, my, my second question is, so I saw, I saw a tweet about doing like having a discussion with the layer zero team. Um, are there any updates on that? Or if not, would you be willing to do like an AMA at a later date or another like Twitter space or something to kind of discuss those? Yeah, so I've heard. I'll fight them in open combat. No, <laughs> I would, I'll no. fight them. No, but so the, my only hesitation about doing that is that I don't want to go negative, right? I don't want to like get into a discussion with oh, with Layer Zero and and I shit on their protocol and they shit on the Thorchain protocol and it becomes like this very kind of um, you know zero sum game arguments and the community start hating each other and throwing trash and then Thorchad yelling at these layer, layer, layer zero people layer zero are yelling things at Thorchad and they come just very kind of toxic uh, I can argue why Thorchain is the correct design and why Thor, why layer zero is fundamentally flawed in what it's trying to do and why it's not uh, what I would consider to be a, a, a good design, but I don't want to get on the on the horn with them and just start like you know insulting them to their faces and you know that just become I just feel like it's just going negative and I don't want to do that you know uh, so 
I'm open to have a conversation, but as long as we don't, I don't want to get into this negative place of trying to tell them what's wrong with, the, with their designs and why their chain is better. Yeah, for sure. I, I see where you're coming from, but I guess from like a knowledge perspective, you know, so much of what they're doing is so murky. I, I don't really understand it. And so I guess just trying to figure out what they're trying to do, what you're trying to do, what's, you know, like, I would love to hear your opinion on it. You know, I don't, I don't really care. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> what they're trying, what they're trying to do is not the same as what Thorchain is doing. Thorchain is trying to create a decentralized uh, DeFi protocol, which the first DeFi protocol is an AMM, which is allowing you to swap assets across chain. But we also have, you know, as people know, we we want to work on other things, um, which we want to talk about to the community pretty soon, like lending, for example, and um, interest on a single asset exposure and stable coin that is, you know. Um, more decentralized than anything else in the space, and so we have very kind of grand ideas. And, and this the AM was just like the first implementation, which is obviously very difficult to do. Uh, but but layer zero is more trying to do like a cross chain like messaging system, which you could in theory build a dex on top of that. Um, but um, I'm not sure if that would be a good design. And 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 um, I think with the, part of what they're doing is that they kind of like offshore most of the things to somebody else. So it's almost like coming up to like a, like lunch and saying you have a BLT, but you actually have is like two pieces of dry white toast, right? And you, you kind of like, oh, we're not going to worry about the, the bacon and the lettuce and the tomato. We're going to have somebody else bring that part. <laughs> and, that's, and that's effectively what they're doing. They're like, oh, we're going to have security go to Chainlink. We're going to have economics to go something else. And we're going to have like, it just becomes like you're just offshoring to India, metaphorically speaking, uh, all the kind of the critical components of security, token economics, and like everything else. And so it's just, to me, it's just a, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make much sense to me in, in, in some regards, especially in the context of you're trying to secure assets. Um, so I don't understand it. And I, and I read the web paper. I've, I've seen the, the, the things they state about Thorchain. I would wholeheartedly disagree with their statements. But um, uh, fundamentally, I think what they're doing is interesting. It's a different approach. And I, I wish them well. And I hope they do really well. Um, but for doing uh, DeFi or DEXs, like a, it's probably just not the best way of going forward. Yeah. Okay. I, it, it's breaking up a little bit on my end. I got most of it. Um, but I guess, yeah, to kind of comment on that, you, so I also read the white paper and I saw something about like, you know, having a relayer and, um, some kind of Oracle system. Is that, is that what you're talking about where it breaks down, where it becomes maybe a little bit too centralized in terms of, um, what they're trying to achieve? Oh yeah. So, uh, maybe centralized is kind of the, you know, uh, uh, a complicated word to use in the context is because it means a lot of different things in terms of how centralized is centralized. Like, like, like is Chainlink centralized? Some people might argue that it's not. Some people argue that, it's, that it is. I would think for me, it's it's pretty centralized. But that's just my two cents, and people are welcome to disagree with me on that. And having relayers, you know, is also problematic because you know relayers can go down. Like, I remember, uh, I think it was Osmosis and Gaia, like a month ago, two months ago, they had the relayer went down. And you couldn't move from chain A to chain B and all the push for hours, you know, and that's because there's, there's a single relay that's doing that work. And if anything goes down, then, you know, or gets turned off or whatever happens, then you're kind of shit out of luck until a new relayer kind of pops up somewhere somehow, you know, and running those relayers oftentimes has no economics to it. Like you're just doing it out of the kindness of your heart. You're doing it for altruistic reasons and you're not actually producing any money. In fact, relayers in Cosmos, in the Cosmos case is actually spending gas to relay transactions and they don't get anything 
back for it. They're just like, I'm going to do this good thing for the, for these chains. And, uh, you know, from ThorChain's perspective, we want to make sure everybody is, is properly incentivized, right. To make, to ensure the longevity of the network and these kind of things. So relying on relayers, you know, is, is possible. It can be a legitimate way of going forward for sure. If you have token economics built into it and the and security, these things. So, uh, it's interesting. And the way it's designed is that it really can only function, you know, with EVMs to some degree. I mean, it always needs a shin layer to function on anything. Like IBC and layer zero, they, they are they are not implementations. They are they are like specifications, right? They are like this is how the communication would look like. This is how you're defining what the communication lines would look like, but not the implementation itself of how that's accomplished. And so they each chain that implements these things needs to implement it potentially in a different way than everybody else. Now, like in Cosmos speak, that's that's not a big deal because every Cosmos chain has this thing built right into its core protocol. And so you already have the shim layer just kind of out of the box. You don't have to build anything or do anything or whatever that's already kind of done for you, which is really, really nice. Right. But as soon as you get outside of that space into some other EVM, okay, we do Polkadot, we got to do Ethereum, we got to do Binance Smart Chain, we got to do Avalanche. You need to kind of write some smart contract. And that code has to be, you know, secure and on all these, you know, proper things and to function properly. And then when you get out of the EVM space, and now you're going to go into the UTXO space, right? The Bitcoins, the Litecoins, the Dogecoins, like this kind of thing. Well, there's no smart contract, right? So now you have to rely on some sort of entity to be that kind of middleman. Now, if the entity is like a WBDC type of entity where it's centralized, well, that's obviously inherently problematic. And if it's not, if it's not, if it's just some decentralized network, kind of like what ThorChain's doing, well, yeah, now you have to make sure the token, token economics are correct. And which, which that inherently means that that entity has to have its own token now. And it's going to implement its own security. And it's going to implement all these things, which is really difficult to do. Oh, and every one of these changes are going to do that independently. <laughs> so you end up creating this like kind of crazy situation where you have all these you know wacky shim layers. Some are really secure and some are not. Like the ones that are built into IBC, those are really secure shim layers. And you know, that's really a good design and all these kinds of things. But the ones that are not, you know, are kind of hit and miss. And you're taking that kind of risk. And so if any one of these kind of shim layers doesn't work out, either it has some sort of security issue or some exploit happens, the whole of it is exploited. Everything gets exploited. Everything is at, at risk. All the Bitcoin, all the Litecoin, all the Atom coin, all the whatever coins. Like the whole thing is, is now at risk. And your ability to like mentally understand each shim layer and its, its own complexities and security models and token economics and all these things is like not feasible for any person to really wrap their brains around because they got to spend a month and a half trying to figure out each individual chain implementation and how that functions. In ThorChain's case, it's just a single implementation. Understand how ThorChain works. You understand how it works on Litecoin. You know how it works on Bitcoin and, and Doge and, and, and Polkadot and Terra, whatever. It's all identically the same. Layer 2s, Layer 1s, Light Network, they're all fundamentally handled identically the same. It becomes a lot, very easy to reason about. Granted, ThorChain is not a very simple thing to understand. Honestly, that's obviously true. But I'd rather understand one thing than try to understand like 17 of them. That becomes a little bit too much for people to kind of wrap their brains around to actually understand what, what's at risk here. Even if you don't even integrate or touch that chain, that, that implementation, that, sh that shim layer that is insecure, 
you're still at risk for it, even though you don't even want to be at risk for, let's say, FTM, for example. I'm just naming a random chain. FTM, in that implementation, you've got some exploit in over there. That puts all your funds at risk on, on Terra. And I've, I would not want to participate in that. That just becomes, uh, you know, too many points of failure that you could not reason about. Cool. Um, I think I got the crux of that. Um, would love to chat more about it at another time. Thank you. Sure. Cool. That's all for questions today. Uh, Chad, is there any, and, and Pluto, is, is there any uh, words you'd like to leave the community with for, for this week? I, like, I know it's been, uh, you know, rough times for every market around the world. I mean, that, that Rune included in that. So uh, do you and Pluto have some words you'd like to address to the community? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't care. The, the price is down to what, 350 now or 330, whatever it was. Honestly, it doesn't matter. In the, uh, I'm not here for the short term. I'm not here to, to, to exit and, and sell my room and, and rug pull everybody. <laughs> like, that's not why I'm here. I don't care if the price is, to be honest with you. What I do care about is are we actually adding significant value to the space? Are we actually, you know, fixing bugs? Are we launching features? Are we adding chains? Are we doing all these things? Are we getting more DEX integrations and wallet integrations? Those are the fundamentals. Those are actually the things that actually matter within the context of the project. And those are the only things I actually really give two shits about, to be honest with you. So if the price wants to go down to $3.30 or whatever, largely because the whole market's down, the stocks are down, Ukraine's getting fucked in the ass, like all of these things, I honestly don't care. It has nothing to do with what I'm trying to accomplish or what I'm trying to do for the like for everybody in the space. Go ahead, Ukraine, have your problems. Not that I want to be like, you know, uh, and unempathetic to, to Ukraine, obviously it's terrible. But like, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm focused on. So, forget about that 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 trash. Say fixated on the fundamentals and why it's actually a good investment to to to, to buy something like the root asset and just hold it for the long term. If you believe what we're doing, and and naturally speaking, we'll get more trade volume, we'll get deeper pools, we'll get more dex integration, we'll get walls, we'll get more chain integrations. Like that's just a natural thing to happen as long as the fundamentals are correct. And the design is, is a good design and all these things like the rest of it is just a natural thing to happen without any kind of, uh, you know, without needing to work any kind of magic of any kind. So, I, you know, the market's down, room prices down. I guess it, it, can, it can cause people to be kind of in a, in a like a, of a low kind of morale in a sense. But if you just stay focused on the fundamentals, honestly, I don't care. Yeah, well put. Fundamentals are at all time high by 10x, uh, even if we're quite a ways from price all time high, but things are shipping, everything's kind of coming together. And, um, you know, even to kind of think about like, like Luna, like when Luna in May was like crashed to $3, you know, people kind of gave up on it and the masses kind of like follow, like it should be that like the ideas precede price, but in reality, a lot of times the price precedes people's ideas, if you know what I mean. So yeah, you know, (laughs) Funny enough, like I'm sure people will be rushing back in at some point. It will just be, uh, you know, at $30, not financial advice. <laughs> Sweet guys. Uh, thanks for getting together again. Again, we do this every single week, the DoorChain weekly update with, you know, normally we get Chad and uh, maybe another developer up here. Thanks, Pluto, for coming out. And thank you, Chad. Uh, the recordings are always available directly afterwards. You can just click on the on the space right on Twitter, and you can just play the recording right there. And it's also uploaded to RuneBase weekly. So um, that recording will be up very shortly.
Yeah, All just right. one last just last one last thing to, to the guy who was like um Thorchain.org needs to be better. Like we 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 know. We we know that and we know that you know like marketing and just basically like documentation hasn't really been our strong suite up until this point. And then we're actively working on 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 fixing that. So yeah, we definitely appreciate that feedback. We're going to start investing more in that. Um it's already come a long way since from where it was in the last um, you know, a couple months and huge thanks to guys like Baloney Bones and Grassroots Crypto, um, Jatin um, from the Thor Noob team. Like all these guys have been like really working on on nailing that down. Uh, but we know we still have a long way to go for that. Um, and so, just with that said, like you know, Nine Realms is is definitely looking at um, looking for somebody to come in and um, help with you know uh, basically lead lead the marketing push for Thorchain in the next. Um, in sort of like in the next iteration and in the next um, you know few years, how how do we turn Thorchain into like a biz de, a business development and marketing powerhouse? Um, and that's kind of a role I see Nine Realms taking as just sort of like the most centralized or most like um, you know most like enterprisey part of this this space right now. Like I think that kind of like falls on us. So. Um, that is to say, like, if you know anyone with a proven track record of marketing, and I'm not talking about like shill marketing, crypto influencer bullshit, like if you know someone who's actually done marketing for a legit project, um, you know, has that pedigree in the crypto space, or is just like brilliant, you know, uh, at UX design or marketing just in any industry, really, but, um, you know, crypto experience, there's an obvious bonus, um, but yeah, definitely reach out. If you have referrals, we can hit you with like a pretty fat referral bonus paid in, in Rune or US dollars. Um, but yeah, we are looking for someone to uh, to come to come take that stuff to the next level. So um, reach out to us with any leads because um, we know that that's, that's definitely uh, somewhere we need to improve on a lot. Sweet. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, recordings will be available directly afterwards and uh, we'll catch everyone next week for the next uh, developer update.